Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. This series is all about the fact that if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, you have become a Bible priest. Not like a Catholic or Protestant priest, nothing wrong with that, but we're literally Bible priests like the Levites were. And it's an amazing position that God's placed you into. And the thing that priests do, this is in our theme verse, it's right here, 1 Peter 2.5, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So priests offer up sacrifices. There's six of them. We're going to deal with the last one today. We just did one, which was worship, and we all had a great time in our worship. TCI, I know you guys have great worship there too. And now we're going to talk about this sixth and final sacrifice. And you know what it is? It's prayer. And prayer is a sacrifice we offer up to heaven. And prayer is a difficult thing for so many Christians. It's really difficult. And, and I can say it was real difficult for me as a young Christian. And even as a young pastor, Joe, uh, back in 1983, four, five, six, in the 80s, um, to me it was more like a homework assignment. It was more like a box I had to check off. Like I have to do this because God wants me to do it. And it was something I just didn't have a passion for. I basically prayed when I had to, or I prayed when there was a problem, right? I prayed in church, but I didn't understand the power of it, and I didn't understand what God created prayer to be. And so there might be many of you out there that are like I was at one time, and many of you are incredible people of prayer, so this is only gonna enhance our prayer life, right, at this time in our lives. So I'm real excited about it. The, the big idea for this lesson, and if you're visiting, my big idea is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. This is a really, this big idea will change your life if you comprehend it, and I believe we'll be able to comprehend it. And it goes like this. Our prayers persist until they exist. And of course, exist means they come to pass, but that word persist means our prayers don't dissipate. And this is really important to understand. When you and I pray, those prayers just don't disappear. They stay right before God. And we saw a glimpse of this if you were with us last weekend. We saw a glimpse of it for another reason. We read a verse, but it included prayer. So I want to look at it again. And it goes like this, Acts 10, verse 4. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. So he's the first non-Jew to accept Jesus. God sent an angel to say, send for Peter. And then Peter came and shared Christ with him. But I love what's said here. Your prayers and the gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering to the Lord. And that word memorial means a reminder or a record. And we talked about last week, remember, uh, helping the helpless is our sacrifice. We talked about that last weekend. And part of helping the helpless is giving to the poor. But also our prayers, every sacrifice we offer goes up to heaven. And I really believe God has some kind of LED screen. He'll be watching the Browns today up there on the LED screen, right? In Pittsburgh later on today, right? So I, I really believe there's some kind of screen up there. But here's what I want you to walk out of here uh, understanding. Until your prayers are answered, they stay right before God. And that 
is important for us to understand. Our prayers persist until they exist. Here's another really cool prayer verse. This is Revelation chapter 8, verse 3. Then the angel, uh, another angel with a golden censer came and stood at the altar, and a great quantity of incense was given to him to mix with the prayers of God's people to offer upon the golden altar before the throne. Every sacrifice, even our worship, I believe, the angels mix it with this incense. And that's why I like to say our, our offerings are a sweet-smelling uh, savor to the Lord. Listen to verse 4. And the perfume of the incense mixed with the prayers ascended up to God from the altar where the angel had poured them out. And so they go up to God, and our prayers persist until they exist. And I don't know how God can see all of our prayers. I mean, that, I guess, is what makes him God, right? Because I, I can't figure it out. And uh, next weekend, we're beginning the series Sovereignty, and we're going to have a blast. And, and I, I guarantee you, you'll walk out of that series saying, God is amazing, because he is amazing. He's God. He's not us. He's so incredible. And I hope to show you that in the series called Sovereignty. But I want to just tell you Joe's story, just to show you how these prayers persist. And this story is connected to my brother Dave dying. And uh, my mom and dad had seven boys. And so it was Jim, the oldest, and then Tony, then Dave, and then Joe, me, and then Mike, John, and Pat. Dave and I were 18 months apart. Dave had grand mal epilepsy. And so he would have convulsives, you know, convulsions, fall down, have seizures. And they had him on 21 barbiturates a day and he still had seizures at night, and if he ever was stressed out in the daytime, he'd have seizures in the daytime. Well, I'm telling you things I didn't know at the time. I found them out later, but I wanna connect these stories as we go through. Um, Dave uh, went to Hillside Hospital. They offered him a job for some special needs kids, so he was able to go there, and he met these guys from Pleasant Valley Church. They were part of the young adult ministry there. They led him to the Lord, but none of us knew that. None of us had known the Lord at the time. And then they ended up inviting him to a picnic. There was a pond at the picnic, and he's in the scorching sun, which is very stressful. And he went in the pond, didn't let anybody know to keep an eye on him, and he had a seizure and he drowned. And it devastated my mom and dad. It caused me to walk 100%. I was already far from God, but I walked all the way from God. I just came to where I wasn't. I just said, I don't even think you exist. And I was very angry. And so all that happens. And then you guys know how God sent this guy named Lou up to the Still Valley Barbell Club that my brother Tony and I uh, owned. And Lou came up there. And Lou was so persistent and just wouldn't get off my case. He paid me to train him. Within three months, I accepted Christ. And again, I had no idea of anything that I just shared with you going on except for Lou being up there. Well, then I went to Bible school. I came back and started Believers. And I thought, I need to go meet Len Evans. I just have to meet him. Uh, he was just so impactful in our community, uh, the pastor at Pleasant Valley. So we had coffee, and we both said we should have done this sooner. But as we're having coffee, he said, Joe, do you know the story, the full story be be about your brother? And I said, no, I don't, I don't know any backstory." He said, well, let me tell you the, the backstory." You know, and I found out he accept, accepted Christ with these young, young people. But then he said, after he passed, Sunday after Sunday for many, many weeks, our whole church prayed for your family. We prayed for you weekly. And I said, you did? He goes, yeah. He goes, and when you accepted Christ, and then I heard you went to Bible school, and then I heard you came back to start the church. He goes, I'm so glad you're pastoring. I'm so glad you're doing what you're doing. 
And I didn't know that. But those guys prayed, and guess what? Those prayers persisted until they existed. But here's the story on Lou. Lou lived in Columbiana County, guys, in Bourbon. So he went to a church there. I don't, I, I don't even know if the church exists today. But he told his buddies at the church, I'm going to go up to the Still Valley Barbell Club. I feel I need to share Christ. And they said to him, that is the den of the devil. And those Caminetti boys are demonic. And we were bad kids. And, uh, and there was a lot of craziness up there. But, but Lou looked at them and said, I'm still going to go. And I'm so glad he went. And so after I accepted Christ, Lou told me, he said, I, my, none of my friends wanted me to come up there. He said, but I had to come up. And you know what? He was the answer to Pleasant Valley's prayers. And those prayers persisted until they existed, because they were praying for the salvation of our family. And every prayer that you pray is persisting until it exists. Now, sometimes uh, there's things that hinder our prayers. Sometimes we pull the prayers off the wall. Sometimes they never get on the wall. So I came up with five things I'd like all of us to understand. And it was, I think it will be life-changing as we understand. The first two are really elementary, but I feel like I need to at least go over them maybe for some new people. And here's the first one. Uh, there can be a motive problem. In other words, we can pray for, from the wrong motive. And I doubt that very few of you have ever done that or are doing that. But listen to James 4, 2 and 3. You do not have because you do not ask God. So even though God knows everything, we have to ask him in prayer, right? Listen to verse 3. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And if you read the whole book of James, these people walked away from God. They were 100% backslidden. And God is writing through James to correct their hearts and their attitudes. But this doesn't mean you and I can't pray when we have a need in our life. Uh, any need you have, God says, I'm the God who supplies all your needs. He wants to meet your needs. That's not selfish. So I don't want you to begin to think that you can't pray for things you need. That's not what this is talking about. When I was a young Christian, let me tell you what I did, young Christian. I prayed and asked God to help me win the lottery. And, uh, and I said, God, if you let my number come up, man, I'll give you 90%. And then I said, well, 50. And then I said, I'll give you a dime. Because I, I, I had plans for all that money, right? I'll tithe to you, Lord God. And I think that's the kind of thing he's talking about. So sometimes it can be a motive issue. I think we'll know when that's the case. Here's the second, guys. Uh, there can be a prayer reversal problem. So we have to pray a certain way for our prayers to get onto God's wall, the memorial wall. And we can literally pull them off. And here's a great text. Listen to James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And if you read the context, this is situational wisdom, like God, I'm between a rock and a hard place. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to deal with this person. I don't know how to react in this situation. I don't know what to do with this teacher. I don't know what to do with my boss. I don't know what to do with my mate, my kids, my parents, right? It's situational wisdom. And again, notice how you have to ask in order for it to come. So it could be wisdom, it could be anything. We could pull wisdom out and put anything in there we want. The next part is really important. Listen to verses six and seven. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So what does it mean to believe? Here's, listen, this is so simple. You know how we wanna know whether it's God's will or not? We need to pray what God's promised us. 
So if we can find a promise, we're allowed to pray for it. So God says, I will supply all your needs according to my abilities, my resources. So you're allowed, it's the will of God for you to ask God to meet a need in your life. God says, I'll give you wisdom. So it's the will of God to ask. But what does it mean? It means we have to know the promise. That means we know the will of God ahead of time. I don't know the will of God for my life. Like, Lord, should I go right or left? That's, I always pray, not my will, your will be done. But when it comes to things he's promised, we just have to know what they are. And then we pray and we say, thank you, God. I believe I received that because you promised it. But then here's where the problem is. There could be a prayer reversal problem. When nothing happens after a week, two weeks, three weeks, I mean, however long it is, right? We can begin to think God doesn't love me. God didn't answer my prayer. God's not gonna move. And guess what we do? We, we instantly, Instead of staying with what we prayed, we pull it right off the wall. So it's like, um, it's like the, the songs surrounded that we sang, our third song today here on this campus. It, it, it's like we have to know that thanking God and worship, is, it's a weapon. And so after I pray for something and I don't see any results, I just keep thanking God. I thank you, Father, you're working on that. I thank you, Lord, that that's in process. And these last three are gonna help us understand why some things take so long, right? So uh, it, it could be a motor problem. It could be a prayer reversal. We pull it off the wall. But, but listen to this. Here's number three. There can be a resistance problem. We have an enemy out there, and he'll do everything in his power to stop our prayers from being answered. And there's a beautiful text in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10, be strong with the Lord, in the Lord and in the power of his might. Ephesians chapter 6, um, it talks about us putting the armor of God on, and, and, and then it, it says this about our enemies. Listen to this, guys, Ephesians 6, 12. For we are not fighting against people, made of flesh and blood. Now, is it, isn't it true we do have conflict with people? We will have conflict. So he's, he's not saying we don't have conflict. What he's saying is there's always an enemy motivating things that you can't see. In every part of your life, there's an enemy motivating. He's putting some thoughts and he's putting lies in people's... And he just... He loves to separate us, right? And so... He wants us to know there's another enemy. Listen to this. We're not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against persons without bodies. The evil rulers of the unseen world, those mighty satanic beings and great evil princes of darkness who rule this world, and against huge numbers of wicked spirits in the spirit world. Now I want to really make sure none of us are afraid to shut our eyes tonight and go to sleep. But there is an unseen world out there. They're not allowed to touch you but they will resist things coming into our lives. They will try to stop things from getting to us. They have the ability to resist. You might say, didn't Jesus defeat the devil? Yes, he did. And he's given us authority over him, so thank God for that authority. But he's not gonna finalize it. The devil's still moving to and fro and doing his thing until Jesus returns. Then he's gonna lock the the guy up forever, but he's still out there causing havoc. He has a team, he has an army, and they're up there doing things. So Daniel, he prayed, and he said, God, what's the future of Israel, the Jews? What's our future? Now, Daniel didn't know it, but he was gonna write the book of Daniel, but he didn't know it at the time when he prayed this, 
And God wanted the second half of Daniel to be like the book of Revelations. He wanted it to be prophetic and talk about the end days. And so Daniel has no understanding of what's really gonna be told to him, but it was so important God sent an angel to give him an answer. I've never had an angel answer any of my prayers. Now, Joey, uh, you ask for wisdom. Here's what you do. Make a right and then a left and do that. It's never happened. Probably will never happen in a billion years, right? But it did with Daniel. And I want you to see what the angel said. Uh, Daniel 10, 12. Then he said, don't be frightened, Daniel, for your request has been heard in heaven and was answered the very first day you began to fast before the Lord and pray for understanding. That very day I was sent here to meet you. So sometimes our prayers are answered immediately, but there's resistance. Listen to, listen to the resistance. The very next verse, verse 13. But for 21 days, the mighty evil spirit who overrules the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the top officers of the heavenly army, came to help me so that I was able to break through the spirit rulers of Persia. Again, don't want anybody being afraid. But wasn't there a battle going on and it took 21 days for this angel to be free? Michael's the great uh, general of the armies of God, so he came to help him out. And those battles go on up there. And I think it's interesting, Daniel was a captive. He was a Jewish captive in, in Persia and in Babylon there. And so um, that's why there's this spirit over that continent, that, that kingdom. And I believe there's spirits trying to mess everything up everywhere. And that's our battle. So we're not gonna fight and duke it out with them, right? But every time you pray and every time you thank God and worship God that your prayers are being answered, you're releasing angels to go into battle. But some things take time, right? So I don't want anybody to become weird and see a demon behind every bush. I do not allow you to do that, so don't do that, all right? Um, just be a worshiper and know that there could be resistance that's out there. Here's number four. Uh, there can be a timing problem. Sometimes it just takes a while for this to come into place and then God has to maneuver this and then this here has to come up to here. Sometimes it's a timing issue. And we really saw that with launching our first campus in Boardman because it seemed like it took forever and I was just like at times frustrated, like God, why is this taking so long, right? And all it was was a timing issue and God had to maneuver some things. So he had to bring Pastor Graham, our campus pastor in Borman. Borman, give it up for Pastor Graham. He had to bring Pastor Graham from Southern California, where he was pastoring, to Northeast Ohio. And you just don't leave sunny Southern California to come to, you know, Northeast Ohio, unless it's God. And there, had, there was a timing issue, and God had to get him here. Then God had to maneuver other people and other leaders into place. It was a timing issue. And oftentimes our prayers aren't answered, not because of resistance, but because of timing. And the worst thing we can do is pull it off the wall. We just need to keep giving thanks and just keep going forward and letting all those things work themselves out. God said something in Habakkuk that's so powerful. Um, it's about his plans. And I want you to see how timing's involved with his plans too. Habakkuk 2, 3. But these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, 
And doesn't it seem really slow sometimes? Don't despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. And I really believe God's saying that and screaming that to each and every one of us. And, and just, I, I want to throw this in. You notice how this is a living Bible? Living Bible is a paraphrase. So I want you to know that whenever I use a paraphrase, I looked at the King James, I looked at the NIV, I looked at the original text, and I'm not an expert, but I know where to look to find out what the experts say. So whenever you see me use a translation or a paraphrase, that means it's holding true. And I just thought they did a marvelous job bringing this out and making it clear. So even God says it takes time. It's a process. Sometimes it's a timing issue. This last one's amazing, guys. There can be a free will problem. Sometimes our will's involved, right? And God will not make any of us robots. So God has to bring our will to a place to where we're willing to do some things. So when you and I are praying for uh, our loved ones that are Christians and asking God to really you know, grow them and do this, he just isn't gonna get in there and make them live a certain way, but I can promise you he's working on them. But there, there, there is a free will problem that's always out there. And so God is going to work, but that takes a lot of time. And I'll show you what he does in just a moment, but I wanna tell you a story. This has to do with God using me like he used Lou, and I really had nothing to do with it. I was, the, the, those prayers just were persisting until they existed. But my wife and her sister Lori, um, they prayed for their one grandpa, Grandpa Poro. This was uh, Gina's mom's dad, and Gina's mom's praying like crazy for Grandpa Poro. Now, he was an immigrant, and he really took a liking to me when I came into the family because my parents were from the same place in Italy as he was. So he really took a liking. He, he immigrated to Chicago. He became the master tailor at Marshall Fields in downtown Chicago. And uh, he literally made suits for Al Capone, which I think is amazing. I, I remember asking him, what was Al Capone like? And all he said was, he was the meanest man I've ever met. And uh, he said, I was afraid to make any mistakes. And we know from some of the movies, the guy was crazy, right? So, so this is Grandpa Poro, and they tried to share Christ. I did it earlier times, and he just didn't want to hear it. But their prayers were persisting until they existed. And, and God had to deal with his free will. And I'll never forget the day. Uh, it was just before he died, not, not long before he died. I just sensed there was an opening there. And we were visiting Chicago. And they lived in Little Italy in a flat. And so I told Gina, get rid of Grandma. Get rid of everybody. And just leave me in this flat with Grandpa. And she did. And uh, he had this... Bible written in Italian, so I pulled it out of the closet. I said, Grandpa, would you read Romans 10 to me? And I, I found Romans 10, asked him to read it, and he read it in English, and when, when he got to the key verses, like, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you'll be saved, those kind of verses, I, I would just exhort him a minute. And then I did the close, you know, this closing the cell. I said, Grandpa, are you ready today to pray and accept Jesus? And I was, I was just so, he looked at me and said, I am ready. And, and he prayed and he accepted Christ. But guys, guess what? That took years upon years upon years. And God had to work with his will to bring him to that place. And he does that with Christians. He does it with all of us. 
But here's what God can do, and this, this makes me excited when I think about it. Listen to Philippians 2.13. The Amplified is just simply amplifying it, uh, the, the original text. So listen to this. Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you. He works in all of us. Listen to this. Energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So God will work in our hearts and he'll place these desires in us. But some of us, myself included, I might be in the top you know, 10%. Some of us are stubborn, right? And it just takes God a while to get in there. Some of us have blind spots and we just can't even see what they are. So when you're praying for your Christian loved ones, don't give up. Your, your prayers will persist until they exist and know that God is working on their hearts. God is taking every situation that they walk through and he's gonna deal with them according to those situations and he's gonna do everything in his power to soften their hearts. So I don't know about you, but when I understand this, I can wake up every day and say, I thank you, God, that my prayers are before you and you're working on them and just give thanks and magnify God and know that sometimes it takes time, but our prayers haven't dissipated. Our prayers persist until they exist. And guys, can we give it up and just say thank you, God, that you're always working on our prayers? TCI Borman, let's give it up, man. Let's give it up. So let's close our eyes, bow our heads. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the scriptures. Thank you for helping us understand them. I thank you for every person listening right now, Lord. Every man, man at TCI, every person in Bourbon, every person here in Warren, every person live stream. Lord, thank you for enhancing our prayer life. Thank you for taking us to the next level when it comes to prayer. And I thank you, Lord, that you helped us see it's not a homework assignment, it's worship. It's a sacrifice. And it's, it's a place of authority that you've given us the right to pray things into the earth. And we thank you for that, Lord God. Lord, our hearts are bowed like our heads are right now. We just, we thank you for helping our prayer lives, growing our prayer lives. We thank you for growing us in this area, Lord. And Father, make, make it so we never forget that our prayers persist until they exist. And Lord, thank you for giving us a grace to be thankful and worship and praise you while we're waiting. We thank you for that, Lord. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We're just still praying. Maybe you're with us and you're not sure of your eternity. I came to places I shared where I didn't even believe God existed. Maybe you walked in and that's who you are. Or maybe you've known about God your whole life but you've never really connected with Jesus, even though intellectually you know him. So here's what I'm asking right now. Can you remember a day in your life where you prayed from your heart and said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven and I accept you as my savior this day. If not, why not make that today? Why not pray today? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to God unless they go through me. Jesus said, whoever calls on my name will be saved. Romans 10 says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. This, I believe, is the day for people that are listening. Some, 
and you've never accepted him, but this is your day. I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm asking you to make it real with Jesus. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're listening and you say, hey, I'm ready to do that, would you pray with us right now? Just pray with us. Everyone, TCI Boardman, Warren, can we help them pray? All of us that have prayed, can we help those that are praying for the first time? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. In this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins, that God raised you out of that grave. And this day, I accept you as my Savior. I declare you are Lord of my life, and I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.